You are listening to True Crime Twins, a true crime podcast hosted by Chloe and Melina Cantor. True Crime Twins is produced by Crawlspace Media. Hello and welcome back to True Crime Twins. My name is Melina. And I'm Chloe. Thank you for listening. I hope you appreciated that switcheroo. Yeah, we switched parts today. Melina was super nervous. How did I do? I thought you did really good. Oh, thank you. This is the part two of our part one, part two episode on missing Vanessa Morales. After we released part one, Vanessa's aunt and Christine's sister-in-law, Jody Jacob Ellis, reached out to me and we sort of checked in. She shared her thoughts on what was discussed she actually had some points of clarification and we got to talking and she agreed to come on and share in her own voice her experience being a family member of a missing baby and a murdered best friend and family member hearing it from her side brings a lot of insight into this story and it clarifies a lot of points that we weren't able to explain sufficiently because we weren't there exactly she gave a lot of insight into the relationship between jose and christine And honestly, it's a pretty accurate depiction of how a lot of abusive relationships begin and how they progress. So if you're listening and you identify with any of the things that she says, then please, please talk to somebody that you trust. You can also call the domestic violence hotline at 1-800-799-7233. You can also chat with someone on thehotline.org. My name is Jody Jacobellis, and I'm Vanessa Morales' aunt. Could you tell us a little bit about, you know, your experience with Vanessa and what Vanessa was like? Oh, Vanessa's my little peanut. Um, she just brought joy to everybody that was around her um, when when Chrissy would bring her around. Um, always had a smile on her face. She barely cried. She was just a happy, joyful baby. Just always wanted to play. Chrissy was Vanessa's mother. Um, yes. So, and your sister-in-law. Can you tell Correct. us a little bit about Chrissy? Oh, Chrissy. She she was actually a, a, a saint, to be honest with you. Um, always willing to help anybody out, even if she only had a dollar to her name. <clears throat> um, she was very big into church. Uh, she was part of the Columbia in Bridgeport at her local church. Um, she was just easy to talk to she she was honestly my best friend you and i spoke a little bit after we released part one and you told me that chrissy also lived with you for a while so you were incredibly close and and lost someone very close to you so i'm very sorry for that thank you so when reviewing this case you know anyone reading information about it online your name comes up pretty quickly because you were in touch with police right away because you were concerned when you couldn't reach Chrissy. Can you tell us a little bit about, I guess, when you last Um, heard from them and kind of how that all transpired? um, The last time I spoke, well, actually, the last time I texted Chrissy was on her birthday, October 31st. And we didn't hear from her after that. And then on December 2nd, my husband called me to tell me that her job called his mother saying she never showed up. 
So I said, well, I'm home. Let me go to her house. You know, because we live five, ten minutes away from each other. So I went over there, didn't see anything, knocked on the door, nothing, didn't see her car. So I came back home and I told my husband, she's not there, her car's not there. I don't know, maybe she's at Jose's house. I don't know. When he got home from work that night, we went back to her house. She still wasn't there. We knocked again, nothing. So we proceeded to go to um, Jose's mother's house. And when we pulled up, we didn't see her car. So at what point did you realize that something was seriously wrong? Uh, when her phone kept on going straight to voicemail. Because my sister-in-law, she was always paranoid if she had like 30% on her phone <laughs> and was going to die. And, you know, she was always a worry wart on, on certain things. So I know for a fact her phone would always be on, it would always be charged. So for it to go right to voicemail, I knew something was up. She took Vanessa to work with her. Vanessa lived with her. It seemed that Vanessa was pretty much with her 24-7. So being concerned about the whereabouts of Chrissy, you must have been worried sick about Vanessa as well. Correct. Vanessa, you know, went to daycare where Christine worked at. So I knew she was always with my sister-in-law. So for her not to show up for the baby was a little alarming to me. When were you first able to make contact with Jose? When we went to his mother's house that night around 6 o'clock, sitting there on the couch. Did he come off to you in any particular way? You know, what was your first impression on his reaction? Um, He was a little shocked that I was there. When I asked him, I said, hey, you know, is Christy and Vanessa here? He said, no. And he didn't ask me why or anything. And I said, um, she never showed up at work. I said, when was the last time you saw her? He said, this morning at 7 a.m. She got in her car, went to work, and he goes, and I went to work. Which we all knew he didn't have a job. And I said, okay, but you don't understand. She never showed up to work. He was like, I don't know. And I said, what do you mean you don't know? She has to talk to you every two seconds of the day. Like, I'm sure you talked to her on the phone. He was like, no. He was like, oh, matter of fact, I just tried calling her, but it went straight to voicemail. And I said, I know. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm worried, because her phone never goes to voicemail. And I kept on asking him questions, you know, about, you know, if he knew the landlady's name, he told me no. Um, if he had a key to the house, he told me no. I said, do you have the landlord's number? He told me no, and he told me that that place was Christine's place. That was her deal. And I, I looked at him, and I said, Jose, what's going on? I said, something's really wrong. She, No one can get in touch with her. I don't know. It, it just all the questions were, I don't know, the answers to it. So you did you feel like he was concerned at all, just Based on... No, not at all. He was very blasé. You know, I'm sorry, but like my husband said, if my family came to him and said, you know, I didn't show up somewhere, he would get in the car and be like, let's go, let's go look for her. Right. And he was just like, I don't know. The first thing you said was she didn't show up to work. And he says, his explanation is, oh, well, I last saw her leaving for work. So immediately he should have been alarmed and concerned. So that must have been really scary for you. And 
the minute I said to him, you know, they didn't show up, and he's like, I don't know, I kept on trying to look at his hands because deep down inside me I knew something was wrong, and he wouldn't show me his hands. You, you, you literally asked to see his hands, and he said no? No, I, wouldn't, I didn't ask him. I just kept on trying to look, and oh. he kept on trying to hide them. Wow. And in the meantime, his stepfather was yelling in, to him in Spanish, and I, I don't understand Spanish, so I don't know what he was saying to him. Um, but after reading the um, affidavit, um, he was saying to him, why is, she, why is Christine's sister-in-law here? What happened? Hmm. And, of course, he's answering his father-in-law in Spanish because they all know I don't speak Spanish. I don't understand it. So after that, I said, you know, if you hear from her, please call my cell phone. I said, you know, I gave her my cell phone number. And I said, matter of fact, call me from here so I have it so I know it's you. And me and my husband went back to the car. That's when I proceeded to call all the area hospitals, describing her and Vanessa. Nobody showed up. And then he came back to the car and was like, hey, what's up, guy? What's going on? And my husband turned to him and said, where the F is my sister? And he backed up from the car and was like, oh, what are you trying to accuse me of, blah, blah, blah. And I said, we're not accusing you of anything. We just want to know where she is. And he's like, I don't know. Maybe she's at the Columbia meeting. I said, no, that's Tuesday night. It's Monday. Where is she? And he was like, I don't know. And I said, well, what's the make and model of her car? I said, I know it's a Mazda, but I can't think of it. And he said, it's a Mazda Protégé. It's gold. And I said, okay. And with that, my husband said to him, move away from my car. We sped off. I called the um, Antonia Police Department. And they told me to come down to make a report. But before that, we stopped back at Chrissy's house to see if she was there. Nothing. So I left a note saying for her to call mom my husband or me it's an emergency please call and we left it on the door and after that we went to the police station you had gotten to know jose a decent amount before this as chrissy's boyfriend how long were they together uh they started dating in 2016 so three years four years and what was your impression of jose um, very shady. Um, he didn't give off a good vibe. Um, he was very polite the first time I met him. And I was like, okay, but there was just something about him. But I'm like, you know what? You're not supposed to judge a book by its cover. Maybe he's nervous, you know, things like that. And then it was around Christmas time in 2016, I think. She happened to get presents from parents. Obviously, because, you know, I, I'm in the same business. We get gifts from the kids. And he proceeded to say that she's cheating on him. Um, he didn't, she didn't get all that stuff from, from her kids and blah, blah, blah. She was crying. And I said, Chris, you're only a few months into the relationship. And if he's doing this to you, I would just say, you know what? I'm done. And I, she packed up all the stuff that, she got from the kids, and she went to his house, and he made her throw it all away to prove to him that she's not cheating. Both of our jaws are to the floor. That's a, a horrible story. Um, so it seems like just early on, and, and this is something that happens in relationships. People, people fall in love, and they 
can't see the red flags it's it's and it's sad because you you saw something bad and you tried to say you know you're not in too deep you're not in too deep and she just she couldn't see it it's just a, yeah it's a, a really disturbing fact, I think they started dating 2015 it was 2015 2016 i i really can't really remember because i know my miscarriage was in 2016 and they were together so it was around that time that he started all this. So, you know, you had this kind of bad feeling to start, and then you started to witness some really disturbing, controlling behavior, and now your best friend, your sister-in-law, is missing. You know, your mm-hmm. brother your brother says, where the F is my sister? He's suspicious right away as well. When When you're talking to Jose in his house and his father's, you know, talking to him in Spanish and you know you said you didn't know what they were saying at the time what was the tone of the conversation it was more like his father his stepfather was like yelling at him he was talking very loud and yelling and Jose was basically like you know his demeanor was just like nah everything's cool you know don't worry about it type thing he wasn't yelling back at him or anything and reading the affidavit for his arrest for um, Chrissy's murder the police witnessed a kind of similar conversation where the parents are yelling at him the parents are upset and he's just acting completely nonchalant and chill and they're both concerned so it's almost like he, he really wasn't fooling anyone he everyone can see that something was really really wrong uh-huh. so you and your husband go to the police station and report both Christine and Vanessa missing and they uh-huh. go over to her home and, you know, I think, had they gone there before that day because the daycare called them? They went, they went in the afternoon around, I believe it was one o'clock because her, her manager, her, her, the owner of the, the daycare called because she thought it was a little strange too. And matter of fact, my sister-in-law's emergency contact consists of my mother-in-law and my husband, but Chrissy forgot to update my husband's new cell phone number. So my mother-in-law, she works in Bridgeport Public School, so she can't answer her phone during the day. So it was around when school was getting out when she, she heard her voicemail from Christine's boss. And with that, my mother-in-law called my husband, who was at work at the time. And he called me frantic. And I could hear in his voice, I'm like, what's going on? Like, I thought something bad at work happened, you know, something like that. And he's like, honey, Chrissy and Vanessa never made it to work. And I said, what are you talking about? I was like, did she call out? Because I know it was snowing. And she, Friday before that, um, which was Black Friday, she was called, she called my mother-in-law around 11, saying, do you think we're going to have school? You know, you know, because she was always paranoid about weather. And my mother-in-law was like, it's a little too early to, you know, figure that out. She's like, calm down, you know. And um, so I figured because of the little snow, she, maybe she thought there was no school because they go by Bridgeport Public School program. So I was like, well, you know, maybe she didn't think she had work. And so I'll swing by her house and see if she's there. And that's what I proceeded to do. So I know the police, because when I showed up, there was footprints in the snow. And a matter of fact, I actually took pictures of it because I'm like, somebody was here already. So that made me believe that, you know, she probably went to Jose's mom's house. Fast forward, 
and they they make the, the terrible discovery that that Chrissy was murdered. Did they immediately notify the family, or did they wait until interviewing Jose to get his reaction? Well, we were still at the police station when they discovered her. Um, oh, I'll never forget it, but we were sitting in the lobby, my husband and I, and uh, we heard an officer come on the radio and say, we're gaining entry. And I looked at him, and he goes, they're getting in her house. And I said, okay. And then a few seconds later, we heard, we need you here. And the radio went silent. And we knew. Um, after that happened, my brother-in-law, who lives in Long Island, just got off the ferry to come up to uh, the police station. And my brother-in-law, my husband, and my other brother-in-law drove back to Chrissy's house. And um, I stayed at the police station with my soon-to-be sister-in-law. And um, that's when they were taking off her house. And my husband lost it. And the cops just told, uh, told him to go back to the police station. We'll talk to you there. And they came back. And he proceeded to tell me that they were taking off her house with caution tape. And I said, okay. It didn't really hit me then. And then the lead detective came out and he pulled my husband and my brother-in-law in in the back. Then my brother-in-law came out and said they want to speak to you. My husband was still back there. And as I was speaking with the officers, it was around midnight. That's when Jose decided to call my cell phone. And I didn't answer. He, the cops told me not to answer it. And then they pulled everybody back into the back room, and that's when they proceeded to tell us that she was deceased. I, I can't even imagine how devastating that moment was for all of you. Um, mm-hmm. and, I'm, and I'm sure you were wondering, because you said you, you could hear things happening as they were on the radio, and you hear that mm-hmm. something terrible has happened, and I'm sure you were thinking, you know, is it Christine, is it Vanessa, is it both of them? So you hear you hear exactly. Vanessa you hear Christine's deceased. They tell you Vanessa's missing. Where does your mind go? Um, well, we didn't know she was missing at that time. Um, when they told us that they found a female body, I you know we we all lost it. And I looked at them and I said, "Where's the baby?" And he said, "Excuse me." And I said, "Where's Where's Vanessa? Where's the baby?" And he's like, "I don't know. I didn't go in. I I don't know if there's a baby there." And with that, I I lost it, and I told them to go get him. I said, because this, I said, you need to go get Jose. I said, I know Puerto Rico's part of the U.S. I said, but that's the first place he's gonna run. I said, because we all know he did it. Because before that, it was around seven seven thirty, an officer called Jose, and he had his I guess his camera on and everything like that, and was asking him questions. And he came back to me with this concerned look on his face. And he said to me, what did he say to you when you went to his house when he last spoke or saw Christine? And I said, oh, he told me 7 o'clock this morning. They both left the house. She went in her car with Vanessa, and he went in his car. And he said, okay. And I said, why? He said, well, he told me he last spoke to her on the phone at 7 a.m. I said, excuse me? And he said, yeah. He said, what kind of car does she drive? So we told him. And my husband actually remembered her license plate number, which was kind of odd. He can't remember his own cell phone number, but he remembered that. And we gave him 
we gave the officer her her license plate number and it came back registered to a different car. We had no idea she bought a new car. She wanted to surprise us. And they were perplexed on it too. They could ask Jose what kind of car she drives. Oh, it's a Mazda Protege, but it's registered to a Ford Focus, a black one. And he proceeded to tell him that she, he didn't know she bought a new car when he was with her. It was all on tape at, at the dealership. So little things like that were not adding up to all of us. Why That's do you think I knew I'm around seven thirty eight o'clock something was really wrong? Why do you think he lied about the car to cover his tracks? Because if Not if he said he was with her at buying the car, it would uh, contradict what well, he had said. Apparently, well, the car was still parked at her house. Um, when I went there that afternoon, I didn't know, but I parked behind that car, not knowing that it was her car. If I would have known that, then I would have known at two o'clock something's really wrong um so he he lied about the car because he probably thought that they weren't going to really investigate more type thing he thought he'd basically just get away with it and he still thinks that does he strike you as a particularly smart person not at all yeah me neither it was just, it, over the years, he would come out with some random dumb stuff, and I'd look at him like, really, you know, like, you know, he would tell me that his only advice is smoking cigarettes, and I'd look at him, and I, it was actually on Vanessa's first birthday, he was like, oh, my only advice is cigarettes, and blah, 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 and I looked at him, and I said, why are you lying, because I could smoke alcohol right off your breath. <laughs> he, he looked at him, he was like, what, and I was like, you can't even walk straight. And what did he say? Did he just... He kind of, like, ignored it, and then he went on to tell me that Amazon is hiring and I should apply, and I said, I have a job. I'm, I love my job. I, you know, this is what I want to do in life is be a teacher, so why would I go to Amazon? Well, that's where I'm going to apply. Okay, good for you. And, you know, I was like, oh, that's good to know, you know, whatever. And And then that's when it came out that he wasn't working, and I looked at him, and I said, oh, I was told he had a job, but we all knew he didn't work because my sister-in-law would tell us that he was working. She would lie for him because she didn't want us to know that she was basically paying for everything for Vanessa. But we told her, if you need help, let us know. We're here to help you. We're your family. And I've told her on more occasions, you know, Chris, if you need a time to yourself, I was like, you know, you could drop Vanessa off here and just go home and go sleep for a little bit. Whatever. Do whatever you want. Go get your nails done. Something like that, you know? And she was like, oh, okay, you know, not, not a problem. But it was him not letting her do things. Do you like have any opinion come, about why he didn't have a job, why he wasn't working? We kind of questioned it, like, amongst all of us. And um, we never really knew about his past and uh and we kind of like questioned about how he doesn't have custody of his older two and why his mother does and you know it would be me my mother-in-law my husband talking about it and my mother-in-law's like listen it has to probably be with drugs or something she's like that's the only way you don't have full custody of your kid you know she she's seen it all living in bridgeport working in bridgeport public schools so I was like, oh, you know, you're probably right, you know, but maybe 
he's on the right track, maybe he'll get his kids back, you know, type thing, because he's always with them. On the weekends, he was with, you know, the kids would go with him to Christine's house, you know, things like that. So, And then when this all happened, uh, his criminal record actually appeared on Facebook, and me and my husband just flipped because we didn't know that he was a seven-time felon. You have to wonder what Chrissy saw in him because this has all like the hallmarks of a extremely controlling, abusive relationship. So I wonder what at first kind of drew her to him. Um, he was a very smooth talker. Uh huh. He basically told her things she wanted to hear, and it made her feel good. You know, in the beginning, you know, he basically treated her like her princess. You know, and that's what she's always wanted and at first I was like oh you know maybe you did finally you know meet the right guy you know because I didn't meet him at that point and she would tell me like little things that he would do and I'm like oh that's so sweet you know I'm so happy you're happy you know things like that and then as the years got on you could kind of see his personality coming out more and more yeah that tends to happen it sort of it sounds like the classic preying on somebody's insecurities and knowing that once they kind of lure them in a false sense of security, then they can kind of come out and be their real selves and then take advantage and basically, like, she was lying for him. That's something that we hear about a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... And, you know, we, we would question her. Like, you know, I would say to her, because, you know, I would say anything to her. Like, you know, she was like family to me. You know, she was like... Like, if she was my blood sister, and I'd look at her, I'm like, why are you lying to us, you know? And she'd look at me, she's like, I'm not. I'm like, Chris, I know when you're, you're, you're lying face, you know? I've been around you for how many years, you know? And, and she just looked at me, and she kind of just changed the subject, so I just dropped it. Because, like, obviously, she doesn't want to talk about it. And I don't want to be the person to push her and push her and push her away type thing. Yeah, and I think that, to a big extent, she was probably lying to herself as well. Mm-hmm. How was Jose as a dad? Like, how was he with Vanessa from what you saw? He wasn't really hands-on. She was more wanting mommy, which, because she was always, you know, with mommy. He would call her name and she would smile and, you know, he would, like, laugh and, you know, and whatever. But um, I'm not going to say he was, wasn't a bad father. He, you know, he, I know he loved her and he loved his other two kids. There's no denying that, but it wasn't like he was very hands-on with all three of them type thing. Yeah. It was more like, that's the woman's job to do. Yuck. Something that really struck me was his ability to sort of disconnect, like like what you described when you initially were asking about what he knew about where they were. He was very nonchalant and um, seemed to downplay everything. Didn't he even sort of try to say that he wasn't even dating Chrissy? Mm-hmm. And he was like, "My, I'm closer with my other kids. I, I just found that really appalling. Well, when she told us she was pregnant, um, she was about five months pregnant when she told us. Um, he was saying that it's a blessing from God. It's, you know, that's Christine and God's baby. And, you know, he and my husband were looking at each other like, um, I think it's yours and Christine's baby, but okay. And, you know, we would kind of, like, look at each other like, what the hell is this guy talking about? You know, I understand it's a blessing from God. You know, she's always wanted a kid. She, you know, kind of gave up on it because of her age. And 
and he was just always saying that and I'm like what the heck is going on here and the day she went to labor um, she called us and she told us that she got her doctor's appointment to rushing her to the hospital and I said what's the matter and uh, she goes well I'm going for an emergency c-section so we rushed down there you know we picked up my mother-in-law and we went down there and um, by the time we got down there they were wheeling her out of surgery we didn't know and it I didn't even realize it until she got into the room because we were actually walking as she'd being wheeled into the room. And I said, oh, my God. And I started crying. And my husband's like, what? And I said, there's the baby. I said, she had the baby by herself. Like, and I started crying for her. And I'm like, I'm Chrissy. I'm sorry. You know, and she's like, you know, laughing at me. She's like, why are you crying? I was like, I feel bad. You had the baby by yourself. And she's like, no. And, you know, and we're all talking and stuff like that. And me and my husband picked up her car from her, her doctor's office and we brought it up to her house and apparently as we're doing that, Jose called her and was yelling at her not to let us not to let us go in the house and this, that and the third and so my sister-in-law calls me she's like, listen, you know, she's telling me and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I said, I, I said we're just dropping off her car I said, we're not going to go in her house. So we dropped off the car. We went back to the hospital, dropped off her keys with her. And um, it was getting kind of late, so we left because we had to pick up my stepson. And um, Jose still didn't show up. And he kept on saying, oh, he's on his way, he's on his way. He never showed up until 11 o'clock that night. Another really sickening story. I Poor Christine, I... She just seemed like a really wonderful person who really didn't deserve any of this. I, I can't imagine mm -hmm. just waiting and waiting for the father to show up all alone in the hospital until 11 o'clock. Yep. It's just, it makes me sick, actually. My, my mother-in-law actually stayed until he got there because she's like, I'm not going to leave you by yourself. You know, I know you're in the hospital, but I'm not going to leave you. you know, oh, yes. You know, excited, you know, her new grandbaby's here, you know. And, and her first and child. 11, 11, 30. That's so horrible and he, he was you know what was he doing getting high you know it's just well actually he said he was waiting for his kids to get home from school but little did he realize that we were friends on facebook together and there was pictures of him at a party <gasps> oh yeah so wow yeah he was ex extremely hands-off hands-off is a nice way of putting it yeah <sighs> did you did you get the impression that he was cheating on Chrissy? Oh, yes. No doubt in my mind. Because, I'm sorry, when you're in a relationship and you're first dating, it's all, you want to be with that person all the time, and he only came on a weekend. It's it's an, an unusual dynamic to only see each other on the weekends when you when you're uh, in a serious relationship and have a baby. That's unusual. Exactly, and you know his name was on the lease of the apartment, but yet you're telling me that was only Christine's place. Was he paying rent? He didn't pay for anything. <laughs> she paid it all. Yeah, he took advantage of her in every possible way he could have. Yeah. So it's, it's I'm sure I mean, I'm sure all of this is extremely hard to talk about um, without a doubt. But do you have an idea of how this kind of all happened? Like how how did 
he end up becoming so violent towards Chrissy that night? Well, obviously he was um, angel dust and or PCP, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think he was asking her for money, and she, my sister-in-law, to be honest with you, she didn't want him to smoke, she didn't want him to drink, she didn't want him to do anything. So for him to show up in that state probably set her off. She probably told him, you know, you know what's, what's, what's going on with you, you know, why are you doing this, you know, blah, 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 whatever. He probably asked her for money because knowing she just bought a new car that day, he knows she has the money, and she probably refused, and he probably lunged at her, and she probably ran off the way the whole situation was in the apartment when we went in to clean. Um, she, uh, it was obvious she went to go grab Vanessa and leave, and she never made it to Vanessa. So do you think this was on Friday uh, late at night? Because you said if she was reaching for Vanessa, you're thinking Vanessa's asleep in her bed? Yes, Vanessa was probably sleeping in her crib. Um, and, and this is because, Friday. Um, yeah, where the initial everything happened was maybe about five inches away from her crib. We had talked about in part one the 911 call that he had made from his cell phone where he just said Myrtle Avenue and wasn't responding to prompts from the dispatcher. Mm-hmm. So was that on Saturday? That was late Saturday morning into uh, late Saturday night into Sunday morning. So a, a female voice is on that call. Um, I had speculated that it could have been Christine. I, I imagine if, if you think Christine was dead at that point, you don't think it was her? No, I don't. What do you make of that call? Um, that call was probably... He probably made that call probably not thinking in his right mind what to do. And whoever was there was there to help him clean everything up. So, you know, and it's a, and it's a woman's voice. And something that you and I had discussed was... You know, someone taking care of Vanessa, what kind of person is that? And we've talked about that it's probably a woman. So it, it, it adds up a little bit that, you know, maybe this person that has Vanessa now could have been helping him clean up. Yeah, because that morning, Saturday morning, a neighbor spotted my niece on the side on the sidewalk next to a dark car with tents while Jose was fighting with a car seat. Now, normally, my niece wouldn't go anywhere without her mom. So for that neighbor to only see Vanessa and Jose, leads me to believe that my sister-in-law was deceased on Friday night. Do you think that Christine was intentional in never leaving Vanessa alone with Jose? Do you think she was concerned about you know, him, him being alone with her, or that was just her way, that they were just attached at the hip? Um, they were just attached at the hip, but um, we expressed our concerns because we've seen him on multiple occasions drinking and driving with his two older kids in the car, and we addressed that to her. So for him to be the way he was that night, I'm sure he was, you know, drinking before and whatever, she probably didn't want Vanessa in the car with him while he's been drinking. So that was basically why 
Vanessa was always with Chrissy. Got it. Because he was so frequently abusing substances that she just figured there was a likelihood that if he were alone with her and driving her around, that he would be under the influence and putting Vanessa at risk. Exactly. So this sighting is on like Saturday my, night. My stepson was not allowed in the car, even if Chris, Chrissy was there. The only way my stepson could go in the car with them is if Chrissy was driving. And she would not drive to places that she didn't know. So he was always the main driver. So my stepson was not allowed in the car. And we told her that. So this sighting of, you know, Jose struggling to put the car seat in the car while Vanessa stands on the curb, that's on Saturday night. Um, that was Saturday morning. Oh, Saturday morning. Okay. So he, theoretically, he's, you know, he spent the night there or maybe he leaves and hopefully doesn't leave without Vanessa, but it's the next morning and he's taking Vanessa away from the scene. So he's, he has the car seat. That's what I think. Sorry, go what on. I think really happened. He did what happened that Friday night, probably passed out because he was still high, woke up to maybe Vanessa crying because, you know, babies cry when they wake up and realized everything and just packed her up and took her out of the house. Got it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So that car seat that he's messing with is now missing, as is her comforter, diaper bag, toy, and Christine's cell phone. Her 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 cell phone and her pocketbook are, are missing. Okay. And um, knowing her, she probably put the pocketbook in, in the baby bag, in the book bag. So just what, I guess... Um, your immediate thoughts when you learn that these items are missing, does that bring you hope that she's still alive? Yes, because there's no evidence of her being harmed. Um, and those things that have been missing from the house are the things for, to take care of her. So deep down in my heart, I know she's, she's somewhere out there and looking for us. And, and that's what the police have said that they believe as well. And, you know, just one person's opinion, my, my own, as soon as I heard those details, I couldn't figure out why someone would take those things without the intention of caring for her. I, I, it's, exactly. Vanessa's case has really um, brought the, has really captured the hearts, I think, is a more accurate way of saying um of, of many people in the public you know she had an active amber alert for three months you had said that that's unprecedented and that they extended it for your family the, mm -hmm. there's a facebook group that i think has eight thousand or more members and people just write the most beautiful messages and just are, are so connected and are just waiting for the day that she's brought back to you all and I, i'm one of those people so um i'm so sorry for what you've been through and i'm i'm so hopeful that Vanessa will be reunited with you. Yeah, I, we just, we're so overwhelmed with the community um, and everyone's support. Like, you, you know, you, you never think this would ever happen to you. You've only seen it on TV, you know, and when it happens, it's like, oh my God, what do we do? And, you know, the first few days, we're trying to piece everything together. We're being interviewed. And then I think it was like, the fourth day in, that's when all the 
the web pages came up, and I'm just, I was just I was in shock. I'm like, oh my god, these people don't even know us, and I, I just I was so overwhelmed. I I cried every night, and um, you know, barely got any sleep. I was always on my phone checking the website, you know, thinking, oh, maybe someone spotted her, you know, anything. And just the amount of prayers and, and people just putting her flyer all around, it, it amazes me. And we cannot thank anybody enough for what everyone has done. And I'm, I'm sure that it kind of lifts you up a little bit. There's a message that I'm, I'm looking at right now. Um, I don't even know if this person knows you guys, but she writes, Good night, sweet pea, pleasant dreams. I pray the angels sing you to sleep tonight and wake you up the same way. I love you, princess. And it's just so, it's so heartfelt and so sweet. And you know what? We don't even know her. She lives in New Orleans. I actually spoke to her because she writes to Vanessa every morning, every night, and it just, it overwhelmed me, and I I reached out to her, and I said, you know, I said out of everybody, I said, you know, everybody's praying for Vanessa. I said, you're you're the biggest one that always writes to her every morning, every night, and she said, you know, I I'm down in New Orleans, and me and my daughter follow this. We can't believe it, and she you knows she keeps on saying, you know, she prays to God every minute of the day. She's gonna you know come back to us, and I said I. I I said, you know, every time I see your message, I, you know, I get teary-eyed because this woman doesn't know us, and she writes to my niece every morning and every night. I had a feeling that that she didn't know you and that she wasn't connected. I, I just, I had that feeling, um, and it just kind of makes it even more beautiful. Um, it's, yeah. it's just, it's amazing. And I mean, you do have people on other sites for Vanessa and Christine that say harsh things and. And, you know, the admin, you know, will write to me basically saying, well, we already set out the rules and they can say whatever they want. And I'm like, you know what, it's fine. You know, people have their own opinions. I can't change people's minds. You know, half these people don't know the full story. They didn't read the affidavit. So, you know, they don't know, you know, much about it. They only see what people post. Um, but, you know... We have to take it with a grain of salt. I mean, it's, it's hard to read. Um, it's very upsetting to read. But there's nothing we can do to stop that. And I, I have noticed that in, you know, focusing on on what you can and, and what you do control, I think you and other members of your family are, are really just fantastic advocates. I think a part of why this case has such a, a steadfast following is because you know you're active i think um i think the other it's is it danielle the other sister-in-law um you two are always yeah, posting my, my soon-to-be sister-in-law there she's um getting married in october oh i i hope it still happens i really hope i, I hope, know yeah <laughs> um and you know me and her talk every day and you know i I'm one of the bridesmaids, and I was supposed to walk down with Vanessa and my niece, Serena. They're the flower girls. So we're... Hoping that she's back. We're kind of putting everything on halt right now. If, If you could communicate to the person that has Vanessa, 
do you know do do you have do you know what you would say to them i would just say just come forward we don't care how she got there in your arms or in your possession you can have the ten thousand dollars we don't care we just want her home just have a heart and bring her home we're we're hurting we wake up every day knowing places to mom's not here and we just wait for that phone call that she's been found safely we just want her home thank you so much for for speaking out i i I, I anyone can hear how much how much you loved Christine and how much you love Vanessa and um I, I miss her. I talk to her, you know, I'm out of work right now because of this whole epidemic and every day that I'm in the house I talk to her, Chrissy, please give us a sign. Where is she? Please. We actually uh just went to her grave site last weekend and uh a few things for Easter because she's not going to be here. Again, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm so terribly sorry. Thank you. If if anyone has information about Vanessa Morales, please call your local FBI office. Call nine one one and say that it's in regards to Vanessa, or call the Ansonia Police Department. Is there anything else that you would like the public to be aware of at this time? Um, they, whoever they have her may cut her hair. I, you know, altered her appearance by now. Um, you know, they could have, they could be dressing up as boy. I, we, we don't know. Because um, everybody's looking for the car seat. The car seat may have changed. We don't know. Um, but Vanessa has that face that will never change. And just, if everybody could just keep a lookout. I mean, I know not a lot of people are leaving the houses right now, but uh, my sister happened to uh, ask all the doctors, pediatricians from here to Florida, Puerto Rico, um, just in case she pops up at a doctor's office. 